Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 12 of the Sports Memory NFL Overreaction Pod. I'm your host, Drew Forbes. Today, I'm joined by a pair of Yinzers, Mr. Marcus Anthony, and of course, the overreaction king, Mr. Brandon Brister. Let's get this thing kicked off week 12 of the NFL season. Let's overreact. Week 12 of the NFL season is in the books, and once again, the Bucks with a disappointing loss. Uh, it looked like at times they could have done it, but man, this game was a three-point game, but it was a all-out ass whooping. I mean, I, were you guys amazed at the final result of that game? Absolutely. It was the biggest blowout three-point loss I've ever seen in my 32 years of watching sports. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, the Chiefs were playing like straight up Madden for the first, like the entire first half. Um, not just obviously the uh, big Tyree Kill plays, but man, Mahomes just did whatever he wanted. The entire game is awesome to watch. It pour one out for anybody that was playing either Derrick Henry, Will Fuller, or Tyree Kill this week. This was a monster week uh, for just huge performances. Like you said, that, that reminded me 200 yards in a quarter. What the fuck is that? He was like, on pace at one point for a thousand yards. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's embarrassing that the Bucks let up that much. And I know they made adjustments. Like, they started shutting him down later in the game. But Carlton Davis, like, Jesus, after like, the fifth play of him getting burned, how do you not immediately pull that guy and be like, hey, I think this guy needs help. He's getting burned on every single play. Um, yeah, I mean, part of that was on bowls, though, man. Um, they, oh, they, sure. they, they made the right adjustments, but you can't put a – you know, he's, he's not an all-pro guy. He shouldn't be having to man up with a – you know, a munchkin that runs a 4-2. And how much talent does that defense have? I mean, the, the amount of stuff, like, they have studs at every level. Marcus, you said it. Uh, Drew, you said it. You got to have a guy at every level to be a good defense, and they check those marks. There, there is no excuse to have those many guys and not be able to produce. I mean, that's it falls squarely on Todd Bowles, uh, like you said, Marcus. Yep. Uh, honestly, both both their pro- the problems with the Bucks this year. There's there's so many to name. Uh, we talk about DVOA a lot in our podcast. They're still fourth ranked on this DVOA ranking. It's so bizarre. They put up good performances, but they just seem to just shit the bed at these awful moments. And um, you're right, they have this great defense. Like you got to blame the coordinators. You got to blame the coaching at some point. I know Brady doesn't look great, but he seems like he's trying to do too much out there. I think they need to simplify it because I don't know what I'm less or I don't know what I'm more impressed with, how horrible the Bucks were that last week or just how incredible this game reaffirmed just how great Kansas City is to me. See, for me, what I saw is like a flaw that I'm all too familiar with as a Steelers fan is kind of like the inability to finish. Uh, there, there's ways to not let someone climb back in. We've seen it too many times where teams that you're just better than uh, climb back in and not always win, but just get your heart rate up, man. The Steelers fans die young because of all, all the, the late game finishes that we have. Um, so there, I think there's still a lot of question marks in Kansas City, man. Uh, they've got some players, some very talented guys on defense, but there's a lot of gaps over there. And I, I think that's, the, the for me, the biggest story coming out of that game. Yeah, sure. I think you hit the nail on the head uh, as far as where the chink in the armor is coming from in Kansas City, and it's the defense. Um, and, you know, which tells me if you have a good offense and you have a good defense, you can be formidable. And what do the Steelers have? 
they have a good they have a good defense and they have enough offensive weapons to be able to put them up. You know, if, if you would have told me a couple weeks ago that, you know, do the, do the Steelers really have a chance against Kansas City? I would have said no, uh, but I'm coming around to it more and more. They uh, th- their defense, again, kind of similar to Kansas or to Tampa Bay, where they have guys at every level. Um, and I'm not about to blame Kansas City coaching because, I mean, Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer. But uh, they got some things they need to square up in the in the back third of the regular season, no doubt. Yeah. I just still think that no matter what happens, Mahomes can turn it on at any moment. We saw it in the playoffs last year. I mean, even if they would have went down by three scores against the Bucs, he still would have won that game. Um, <laughs> and, and remember when he got the ball in his hands uh, with what? It was just a little over two minutes left. Like, you'd be worried with any other player in that position. Wasn't even slightly worried. He had that scramble. Like he's so he gets he seems to get better every single week. He he really is remarkable. Well, you know his that, I mean, that prowess is like it's like Rodgers or Brady in his prime. Like, well, fuck, they're gonna win this game, you know? Right. <laughs> I loved I love the the baseball pop up slide. I mean that that's that's a stand up double that you're sliding just for shits and gigs. You Dude, know? he's the best sliding quarterback. He, there's a lot of uh, baseball talent playing quarterback right now in the NFL. And it shows when they slide. Did you see that little sideline slide he did? That's oh. what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was a little pop-up slide that you do at second base, you know? Right. The throw, the throw's coming in. It's not close. You do a little pop-up slide. Um, that's exactly what that was. It was brilliant. Uh, yep. So that game that game didn't really shock me at all. That game went actually went down exactly as I kind of thought it would. Uh, but most surprising game of the week for me, uh, San Francisco at Rams. I mean, I kept watching that score, and I'm like, oh, shit. This is so NFC West for this to happen. <laughs> sure enough, the Rams shit the bed. Just when you think it's such a weird season for the NFC West. you How many times have you thought different teams were the best in that division? At first, it was the Seahawks. Like, oh, the Seahawks are going to take it all. Then they look ridiculously fallible. Then the Cardinals pop up, and they look better than ever. Kyler Murray looks, looks like the MVP. Then the Rams come through, and mm-hmm. they black the Bucks, And then they fucking lose it to the, to the 49ers like, that division is you, – you never know what you're going to get with it. I so, think betting division games is obviously just the worst. It's yeah. so pain, It's so hard because everyone just plays different. A lot of teams change their schemes and adapt in those matchups. But, man, everyone gets pissed off. I bet, but I agree, man. Total, total fucking letdown there. And I know Brandon's pissed about this one. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, so – we're all big Sean McVay fans. We, we think he's going to coach in the league for 30 years. But what about that last five-minute offense by him? Um, they go basically they go five plays and out and five plays and out in a combined four minutes of, of, of the game. Like, you just cannot do that. Um, you know, they're, the, the, the offense um, just complete letdown. Uh, the the defense did what it did, and that's why I am just I just don't believe in the Rams. Um, it has nothing to do with McVay, and it has everything to do with Goff. Um, they they should have won that game two or three times, um, and yeah, he got outgunned by Nick by Nick Mullins. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, and believe it or not, the 49ers are weirdly still alive in the playoff race. Uh, it's it's fucking bizarre that talk about great coaching that division outside of. Kingsbury, you guys know what I think about Kingsbury. Uh, what a re- it's the best coach division in the NFL. Yeah, the um, sometimes you know I know uh, Shanahan's guilty of it a lot too. I think some of these coaches they just get a little too cute and get away from the basics. Man, it just starts throwing too many wrenches in there, complicates the offense, and you just can't run efficiently. 
Two, two nice weeks in a row for Cam Akers, though. Uh, I, th- I think that backfield is starting to solidify itself. Um, you know, I think I think the weapons are starting to come together. I think they got a nice little two-headed tight end monster with Gerald Everett and and Tyler Higby. It it honestly is going to fall on the shoulders of Goff, whether they're real pretenders or not. Or, from, or a, could, from a fantasy perspective, don't trust anybody on that offense because nope. yes, uh, Cam Akers does look like the guy this 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 week. Guess who looked like the guy last week from the receiving core? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a drive last last week against the Bucks where he had eight targets in one drive. <laughs> one drive. He had like six targets this entire game. Uh, McVay is going to do that, though. He's never going to be predictable. So just when you think that uh, Cam Akers is going to take over, you're going to see a big dose of, of Henderson for some reason. So <laughs> uh, that's what he does, man. He's, he's constantly moving around. He knows he doesn't have any one guy. So he uses that kind of to, to his advantage. And I feel like he will highlight guys certain games so that teams will game plan for him all week. And then he just takes them completely out of the equation. Who does that really well? Bill Belichick. Yep. And we saw that again this week. Yes. It was another shocking game. Can, can we move Can we move over to that game? Um, I can't wait to talk to JC because, uh, Marcus, what did JC say? Right, uh, right, right at the end of our show, he's like, how are you guys not taking Arizona? Arizona's, you know, um, only giving a point and a half, so give me. And what did you and me say, Marcus? We're like, oh, fuck that game. <laughs> it, it, it's too scary. Like, like on paper, it's the, the Cardinals are going to roll them, but you know we can't you know talk about Bill Belichick enough and him listening to everyone else's plays, which is why he takes away their best player. But uh, there's still there's <laughs> the, uh, the, Car- the Cardinals. They're very talented. Um, they still need time to develop. There's just no way around that. And you know, talk speaking of getting too cute, sometimes you just gotta force the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's that good. Um, I don't care who's taking him away. He's going to own uh, Stephon Gilmore. Um, I think for me, the thing that got me the most hyped up in that game was the calls against Isaiah Simmons, man. I was not happy. I don't know if you guys saw his uh, the second hit on Cam, uh, on Cam Newton that forced the game-winning kick. He's in bounds. What? He's like, oh, he hit him in the chin. Well, he's run. He's a runner. I, 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 that pissed me off. You guys not have a big boner for Isaiah Simmons, but, man, I was, I was steaming. That call was a makeup call for Cam Newton's entire career because that guy's <laughs> getting getting destroyed his entire career. But yeah, I agree. Those were some really bad, costly calls for the, for the game flow too. By the way, and I like I love your point about Hopkins because the games that they do force it into Hopkins' hands, and I'm not just saying this because he's fucking me over in fantasy week after week. <laughs> uh, they need to just start forcing it to Hopkins. I mean, when that's your guy, uh, this is where I think that K- Cliff Kingsbury he gets too cute. And I just don't like that what I'm seeing out of his offensive game plans recently. Yeah, no, I I, I can't even disagree with you. Because it's you don't have to do it all game, but but if you just even if you give up a few drives, be like, hey, we will he will get his numbers today. The, the defense has to account for it in different manners to try and take it away. But when you just have an all world guy, like don't don't be a dickhead, dude. Just just let him make the play. Let him end someone else's career. No, upset. Are, are we getting to the territory where uh, if the if New England makes it to the playoffs, they could be scary? Are, 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 are we are we getting to that point where no. they could beat anyone? No. Okay. Good. Me neither. Me neither. I'm definitely not thinking that and getting Steeler Patriots uh, flashbacks. Definitely not happening in my head. <laughs> There's zero chance they make the playoffs. If if you look at some of these teams that are on the fringe. Um, like the Ravens, I know. I know the Ravens. You know they look they look terrible. They're going to get their asses kicked tomorrow by the Steelers. But uh, their schedule right after that game is so easy. It gets it's like a cakewalk. 
So um, I, I just don't see any scenario. You'd have to have a team like that that just falls out of it, and there, there's no way that New England makes playoffs. There's no way. Yeah, and, and New England's got a tough run, man. You know, even even teams like the Chargers, they can beat any, but they can really beat anyone on any day. Um, but they've got a tough, tough stretch. But yeah, I honestly, uh, I think Dallas can, can give uh, Baltimore an, an interesting run. They, they just have such a talented team. Um, but I think they're still playing for Justin Fields. Um, yeah, but no. Patriot, Patriots definitely don't miss the playoffs. Man, I I, I, I I agree with you. I don't think they make it into the playoffs. But if they did, and as a Steelers fan, I'm only scared of them and the Chiefs. I'm not scared of Tennessee or Buffalo or Cleveland. Miami's starting to get a little scary. Um, but, I mean, I might put the, the, the Patriots as the third most likely team to come out of the AFC right now. Um, no chance. For me as a Steelers fan, Buffalo scares me the most in the AFC. A very unpredictable team that can get it done on both sides of the ball. Um, you have to respect what Josh Allen's doing, man. Um, but that's but that's another topic for another day. In my mind, the, the Bills are the Cardinals of the AFC. They're Jekyll and Hyde. You have no idea what you're getting out of Josh Allen week to week. You have no idea what you're getting out of their defense week to week. You know, I agree with you. I think Buffalo could beat anyone, but I think they could lose to anyone. Like, <laughs> as a Steelers fan, I see our edge rushers pinning our ears back and strip sack and Josh Allen at least once or twice in that game. Um, what, so, what Buffalo consistently does in the fourth quarter, they make mistakes. Uh, once yes, they a, do. The game on the line, Josh Allen fumbles, right? And then a couple plays later, I, I, I might have this reversed, but then he throws this really bonehead pick. Like just just throw it away, dude. You you got the game. They were ten. They were winning by ten points. And For, just, their, their fourth quarter possessions before their final field goal interception, fumble, fumble. Three yeah. out of their four fourth quarter possessions were turnovers. Well, the the Chargers uh, uh, answered those turnovers. They almost matched those three turnovers with two of their own. Yeah. Um, but since we're gonna talk about some overreactions. Can we just fire Anthony Anthony Lynn already? Like, why 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 are him and Gay still there? I, I can't I can't hate on Anthony Lynn enough. Terrible clock management all the way down the stretch that almost that cost him the game. Well, because I'm the least humble person in in the world, possibly that's that's not an overreaction. Uh, I've I've been calling for Anthony Lynn's head and Vic Fangio's head all all fucking year. Um, I think, I think Drew, you said it, and I think it's a completely logical statement. You got to give Anthony Lynn one off season with Herbert. That that was your point, and I think that's a perfectly valid point. I think that's over. I mean, he, I, you've got a sample size enough on Anthony Lynn. Have you changed your tone on that at all? Oh, absolutely. How many, how many great rosters can you underperform with? <laughs> Two years in a row. Just yeah. last year, another great roster. Like offensively, they have so much firepower. They have arguably a top five quarterback who's going to just be great for years. Don't wait too long. Pull the trigger right now. This yep. is a great. We got Derwin James coming back next year. Like uh, Anthony Lindsay needs to be fired tomorrow. The end of that game, the end of that Bills game was embarrassing. How do you let twenty seconds run off the clock like that? They do oh it with no timeouts. They're freaking idiots. Yeah. And it wasn't just that play. He he has mismanaged the clock his entire career. Um, yeah. he's. He's a joke. He really is. He's a good coordinator as a head coach, as a guy that has to. He's be Todd Bowles. I mean, he is Todd Bowles. I mean, yeah. that's that's he can't, he can't be in charge of everything. You know what I'm saying? He, he's not a guy that can oversee and make sure that everything's going right. Um, he's a coordinator. He's good at like he's, he's a player's coach. He's really good at that. 
but he's not a head coach. Mm-hmm. He's not. Get rid of yeah. him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think I think with the right guy there, the Chargers are Super Bowl contenders next year. You know, with with the proper health. But man, he's he's going to waste some talent over there if they keep him. I heard Ooh, Marcus. You want to talk? So I I love that. I love the Chargers as a a sneaky good pick. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking into team futures for twenty twenty one. Uh, but you and I were talking before the overreaction podcast, and I think you have a great overreaction for an NFC uh, team future. Do you want to you want to tell Drew in the audience? Um, so the, I have a couple. Of that. Are we talking about the next team? Or are we talking about Drew's team? We're talking about the next team. We're talking okay. about the next team. Yeah. So, so the team that I can should be sneaky, sneaky to get into the playoffs this year. Uh, who uh, by the transitive property are better than the Chiefs are the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the team that we've been waiting to see for the last three years, man. Uh, so talented, and then as soon as, as soon as Dan Quinn's gone, uh, you know, and I, I know the Raiders are inconsistent, but forty three six is something impressive to do against a, you know the playoff team. Uh, but but this is kind of the Falcons team that I've, we've been like it's been very letting, letting us down for the last two or three seasons. Like they're that talented. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, I think I think the, the the reason I kind of led with this segue here uh, is is because why don't the Chargers get the hint that we're seeing from Houston? Why aren't the Chargers getting the hint we're seeing from Atlanta? Um, there is the, the the addition by subtraction is such a real thing, and I'm I'm so on board with you with the Atlanta having the right pieces to actually be a really good team. Um, a bad manager can absolutely just, you know, whether it's sports or profession, uh, a bad manager can drag down an entire team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it should have happened a long time ago, to be honest. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, but the Raiders that, that loss to Atlanta, like, Oh my God, we've been saying, I've been saying it all year though. Gruden can put together some games, but he's <laughs> just going to shit the bed like that. Um, Bruce Arians is kind of similar. Bruce Arians is good at putting together like little stretches and then he just shits the bed. He did it with the Cardinals uh, all too often. And that's what we're seeing with Gruden. This is the guy Gruden has always been people. Um, They have had an impressive year. I'm not going to take it away from the Raiders, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. I've looked at some other teams. I think the Ravens steal it from them. Um, Yeah. I know we're going to touch on that, but I still think they get in. Do do you think um, over who Marcus over who, who are they jumping? Are they going to be Ravens? Well, 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 the, our top and top uh, specific to our topic, um, but yeah, over the Ravens for sure. But uh, talking about overreactions, dude, Gruden and Gruden just might be one of those guys that doesn't delegate properly. Um, same thing with like Arians, and and that's why the the long term consistency over a season just gets lost because they're not delegating enough. They're taking too much on their plate. And then you're just ill-prepared for the following week. You know, you, you got to be ready for the next team uh, even before you're playing this team, even in some fashion. Good point. Derek Carr, who's who's honestly, he's, he's turned around a season in the fact that he has not turned it over. Oh, my God. Those were some embarrassing turnovers. You see that pick six? Woo! Yeah. He yeah. wants one back. That one, That's one of those ones, you know, you're in the shower. You're just like, oh, <laughs> fucking bad. Ooh, yeah. man, that was bad. I was oh. watching. I was. I was. I was like the meme, like the st- the the stick figure, like poking the stick, like do something to Josh Jacobs, Matt Ryan. I was like anybody score. I was like I don't like guys gonna have a, a player on a forty point team and can't score shit. Yeah, Whew, man. If you started Derrick Henry this week, uh, pour one out. Pour one mm-hmm. out. Awful. But uh, go ahead. Oh no, nothing. I was just still laughing. 
Yeah, well, I, I got one more topic I kind of want to talk about because these two teams um, kind of seem like I think they're rising to the the top of the crop of the NFC. Who are you taking right now, the Packers or the Seahawks, um, if that game would go down on a neutral field? Packers all day long. I, I, I don't think it's really even close. Uh, the, I mean, the Seahawks look beatable against the Eagles. They've looked beatable against the Vikings. Uh, they've gotten beaten by some bad teams this year. Um, I, I just can't buy the Seahawks with that defense. Um, Russ is cooking. He's cooking all right. But, man, that defense is so fallible. You're telling me that Aaron Rodgers isn't just going to rain fire on that defense? It's going to be bad. It's 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 going to kind of look like uh, the first half of Mahomes against the Bucks, uh, And I, it's hard it's, I don't know if I can actually listen to an articulated argument about why Seattle can stop Green Bay or really stop anybody. They haven't they haven't stopped anybody. Right? So I, th- that was the easy question, and it all it all set up this question: um, <laughs> Packers Saints. Because I mean I know the whole Denver situation, but it, it really does look like that Saints defense has has figured a few things out over the last couple of weeks. I don't just think the Saints are better. I think they're a lot better than the Packers. Um, like I said, the Packers over the Seahawks. But I think the difference between the, the, the Saints and every other team in the NFL is just unreal. Now, assuming that Taysom Hill isn't isn't going to be the guy in the playoffs, which God help him if if he is, because he is not a quarterback. The guy's not a quarterback. They're they're running these gimmicky systems. It already got figured out by Denver. I mean, this is this is the guy that he cannot take your team forward. So if if they can truly get Breeze back by week fifteen, they finish out strong. Uh, presumably get the number one seed. I, I think they'll they'll destroy him in their second round. Now the Packers did win the first round, but it won't happen again. It it won't because man, Saints are just the real deal. You know, they're giving up twenty eight points in the past four games. They're that is probably. that is absurd. Now again, I mean they, they've played Nick Mullins and and Nick Full or. Uh, uh, Kendall Hinton or or whatever, but uh, so they haven't played exactly light them up offenses, but that's impressive. I don't care who you're playing, letting yeah. up seven seven points a game in an NFL game over a quarter of a season. That's- they have the DVO ranked number two defense. When have you ever seen the Saints with this defense? Yeah, you know, that, that's the thing is their offense is still electric, number fifth ranked according to DVOA. But a number two defense like this this team is special. I mean, they, they are. I think they are. Uh, Way ahead of every other team in the NFL, just straight up. Yep, I I can't argue that. Um, I've loved them, you know, liked them a lot last year. They always find a way to get uh, get fucked over by the refs or by something crazy. Um, uh, it hasn't obviously hasn't been panning out. No bad calls that ruin their season just yet. But uh, there's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Well, God help them if the Vikings make the playoffs because the Vikings have now knocked the Saints out of the playoffs four times. <laughs> four times they've only made the playoffs like you know. Last question I have um, from this past week. Uh, did you take anything away from the NFC East teams? Um, uh, I mean, is, is is there anything to to say this team has solidified themselves after what we saw this past week? I, I think, honestly, they should – the whole NFC East should have four of the first six picks of the entire NFL. Like, they're just they're just terrible all around. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see Alex Smith complete a ball deeper than eight yards down the field. Uh, but, you know, Washington is sneakily starting to become like the Niners teams that uh, – any of the Chiefs teams that Alex Smith played on for most of his career. Like a dominant defense and a solid run game. Just let just let him not make mistakes. And that's about it's, – it's a, it's a pretty uh, 
sound way to win football games. Antonio so. Gibson looked good. Uh, I mean, I, I've I've been I've been pumping out Washington in the preseason, and 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 they were my they've been my pick for the last month to win that division. Uh, but I think you're starting to see some guys show up on that offense. Not Alex Smith, but I think Logan Thomas is becoming a top ten tight end. Terry McLaren is come becoming a top ten wide receiver. And then you got Antonio Gibson, who not a big enough sample size to probably put him in the top 10 yet, but he, he looks like a guy drastically on the rise. So I, I do like the offensive weapons that are starting to come out. Um, Drew, when we did our big DVOA a few podcasts ago, we just said, can they be top 25? Can they be a top 20 offense? They don't need to be top half of the league. They just can't be 31. Um, and And... Yeah. Their defense is special, man. I, I, I honestly, I, I, I really hope something turns for the better um, with, uh, with Riverboat Ron because uh, I think he has a special roster. I mean, honestly, they, they have so much talent on defense. If they can just go out and get like a good offense, a quarterback free agent, um, that could be a really good team as soon as next year. You were saying McWarren's become a, a top 10 wide receiver. He's been a top 10 wide receiver. He's coming out. I just don't think he's gotten the attention because he's been no, playing in Washington. No, it's for real. But from a fancy perspective, he is so consistent. Uh, he, he had one of the s- sneakiest, greatest wide receiver rookie years of all time. It's Last actually bizarre. It, like nobody really talked about the guy. He is a stud. He's a, he's not just a stud in the making. He's a stud currently. You know, how much credit should go to, uh, you know, River, old Riverboat, man. I, I thought he did a fantastic job, like building the Panthers. They, they weren't awesome when he got there. Um, you know, a, a couple of injuries and retirements, then, you know, a down year. But he's kind of starting it in Washington, what he did in Carolina. And Washington can definitely, like, you know, they're an interesting team to see develop in the next three or four years. Uh, they're already head and shoulders above where they were last year uh, with, like, no personnel changes. Yeah, he's already, quote-unquote, announced his retirement for the end of the year, so that's concerning. But hopefully something turns for the better with this cancer um, because, yeah, it would be really sad if we couldn't take that team forward. Um, I do think Carolina made the right choice weirdly and going to rule because I think rule is just going to be an incredible coach for the rest of his tenure. But uh, yeah, what an embarrassment of riches. I said it earlier. You got You move on from Ron Rivera to rule. Like I, they could have won with Rivera. Yeah. Now they got this guy. I mean, I, I, I love Rivera. I hope he keeps coaching. Yeah. So, so sure. do I met him in the airport once, but yeah, rule has been surprisingly impressive. Uh, Cause that, that's a defense that it's a no name defense uh, pretty much. So they're, They've exceeded all my expectations over there. Yep. Um, so, so what we were kind of touching on earlier, guys, uh, I just want to get your, your feedback. Guys that are not – teams that are not in the playoffs this year, who makes it? So who who could potentially slide in? So for me, um, obviously I'm saying the Raiders are one team that are not currently in the AFC that will make it by the season's end. Um, I think they're going to just jump Baltimore, and I think there's going to be a couple losses up top if that were the magic number. Uh, Vikings Vikings in the NFC, uh, I, I know you're going to be pessimistic there, but they got a, they got a favorable schedule going forward. Uh, I think they won four out of five. Uh, I guess stay healthy, keep Dalvin, keep Dalvin running, but th- those are two teams for me that, are gonna, that could slide in that are not currently making it. Yeah, four out of five. Guess who the one was? The Dallas fucking Cowboys. Give me a break. <laughs> Uh, the the Vikings they're 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 showing really promising promising strides from the future. Uh, they came in. God, you see their draft last year. I, I posted in our group chat the other day. They drafted seventeen guys. It's an NFL record. Seventeen yeah. players in the draft last year uh, without a preseason. Without us, this is this is a team that I think their season kind of got robbed from them. 
Uh, with the preseason, with the full training camp, I think they could have come out a lot better than they did. Their schedule for the first five weeks was just fucking brutal. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get it done, though, uh, because as good as they are, they can beat the Packers, but then they can lose to the Falcons and the Cowboys. So I just can't I can't buy into this team. Um, and they got a rough schedule. They play both the Saints and the Bucks down the stretch. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced on the Bucks though. Yeah, for, for for me, when when you ask me this question, um, I, I look at who's who who's going to fall out of it more than who's going to get into it because both are necessary. Um, I think you both make some very good points. Uh, it, I I think the I think other than Washington, who's going to jump the Giants by the end of the year, that's kind of a cop out answer and not really what you were asking. Um, I think Baltimore's schedule falls out or, or is is a cakewalk. I think they're going to get in. Who isn't in right now? I think the Colts are going to fall out. They got a sneaky hard schedule, and again, older veteran quarterbacks wear out throughout the season. So I don't even think we've seen the worst of Philip Rivers, which should scare every Colts fan. So if if you're looking for some movement, I think the Colts fall out and the Ravens slide in. I like I love that actually. Uh, the the Colts schedule down the stretch is ridiculously hard. Not hard, sneaky hard is the right word. They play Houston twice. Houston always plays them tough, and they play the Jags. Laugh all you want. The Jags are one and zero against the Colts this year. Um, and and Minshew will be back. And Minshew will be back. Minshew will be back. They have a top five. Uh, well, okay, we'll say top ten running back, dude. James Robinson is one of the most impressive aspects of this year. That guy just keeps going. Every time people think he's going to be like, is going to show a sign of downturn, he's not. He's going to be a top ten running back in the in the league for a long time. Uh, so they they do have enough talents, especially when Minshew comes back. To upset the Colts, so I like that. Well, yeah, oh, you know, shaping the AFC playoff picture. Believe it or not, the uh, when the Browns play the the Ravens on Monday Night Football, not this week but next week, it's gonna have a huge impact, man. Um, both of those teams could be sitting ten and six by season's end. Um, it's, it's, the AFC is gonna be tight when it I'm comes really down. hoping Bain walks into that stadium and, and then the entire field <laughs> drops out. Uh, if you're asking me personally, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, fuck the Browns. All right, guys, let's get this wrapped up. Uh, week 12 was another fucking wild week. So many upsets. Uh, I hope we it rolls on. Football week's not even over. It's Tuesday, and the football week from last week is not even over. Uh, Steelers are going to crush the Ravens tomorrow. But, uh, hey, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Have a great night. See ya.